And but like I said, I I want to do it. But whatever, fuck them. They don't want me. I'm gonna start my own jury. I'm gonna show up every day and take notes at the trial, and then when it's over, I'm going to turn in a verdict, whether they want me to or not. So, whatever. Fuck them. Anyway. I guess we should do a show, huh? Sure! Alright. Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that's just about dreams now. Yep. Just dreams. I'm Max. And I'm JR. Sorry, I got distracted. Last night, I had a dream about my teeth falling out. I was, <laughs> I had a dream that should have been a nightmare, but wasn't, like I wasn't scared, um, of yeah. where I was being chased and rushed at by a cougar mountain lion that was also a bull. Okay. So like it had the big bull horns, but like mountain lion face, but kind of bull build. Okay. And... It was, it was definitely a horrifying monstrosity, but at the same time, I wasn't scared. Hmm. So, I think Jocelyn was like, I think your brain was just like, well, this isn't real. You can't yeah. have both. You get one yeah. or the other. All <laughs> right, we'll just jump over it a couple of times. This is fine. See, that's, that's so weird, because I had a dream recently... Where I was being rushed by John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> there you uh, go. Anyway, how's it going? Um, it's going. Occasionally I sleep. Um, and uh, it goes. And you? <laughs> you know, I. I am a man who suffers from migraines and has an eight-year-old daughter, so... You are in perpetual vice grip mode? It is, like, just knives in my brain. Ah. And, like, you know, I try not... It's difficult, because I don't want to... She's a kid. But also, like, you're actively hurting me. You know? And when I'm like, please keep it down... And she continues. And then I'm like, Moira, please keep it down. And she continues. And then I'm just like, like I get mad. But it's just like, well, I've asked you six times. Like, just keep it down. Anyway, whatever. Life goes on. Uh, at some point I'll have a stroke and it'll be fine. Uh, Sean Bean survived Silent Hill? Yes. Huh. Two Silent Hills. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. That was... I'm, look- I'm looking at your Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm engaged. Do we have... No, you're... Okay. <laughs> Do we have any news? <laughs> uh, so the big news is they there have been announcements that over the next few months, a lot of things are going to be delayed. Um, due to paper shortages and shit, uh, and COVID supply line issues and on and on and on. So if there's a specific book you've been waiting for, uh, get online and look because, uh, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna be late, um, and stuff like that. Additionally, make sure if there's something you are wanting that you pre-order it. Yeah. Uh, because I know for the foreseeable future, Image is talking about they're not going to be doing reprints of a lot of their trade paperbacks. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oof. That means... So... Do they do their... I need to... I really need to get that last paperback of... Uh... Wicked and Divine. Yeah. And well, and I was... Saga starts again, or was supposed to start again, December? Something like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was like, because one of the books I've been reading is Die, mm-hmm. uh, which just ended. Um, 
and somehow I'd missed that the third volume came out, so I need to pick that up and pre-order the last volume of it. Um, but yeah, like if there if there is a trade paperback you are waiting to pick up uh, that is going to be coming out in the next few months, call your comic shop and pre-order it. I mean, you should anyway like Mm -hmm. pre-order stuff because it's a guaranteed sale then for the comic shop and if you pre-order something fucking pick it up but uh comic shop is not your warehouse yeah Uh, also another bit of comic shop etiquette um if you move tell your comic shop if you have a pull list cancel your pull list you monster I have I went in when we were leaving Pittsburgh. I went in to pick up my pole, and the only thing I was getting was uh, the coats uh, cap for that mm-hmm. m- minor run. And I went in to pick up my the last I don't know two or three issues that I knew they had, and I was like, "Oh hey, a thanks for holding on to these. B I'm moving. Uh, how do I cancel this?" And they were like, "Oh my god, thank you!" Like. <laughs> They were extremely appreciative, way more appreciative than they needed to be, than they should have been, of right. me saying, I'm I'm canceling my poll because I am moving. And they were like, oh, for th- thank you. Thank you. No one ever tells us. I'm like, yeah. what? Why? You monsters. You know. Just. Otherwise, they keep yeah. buying a book for you. <laughs> well, yeah, and especially, like, certain books, it's one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there would be times, back when I was working at Bebop, where, you know, if somebody had a big pull list, and they disappeared on us, then, you know, occasionally you'd find something in there that was worthwhile, or that you, you know, it was just like, oh, cool, like a first printing of such and such uh, that's now worth quite a bit or whatever. And you could turn around and mark that up and or whatever. Or, um, you know, something would come out and sell out and somebody would come in looking for it. And then it's like, well, we didn't have one. But now this person abandoned their pull list and turns out we have one. So... Uh, things like that, but a lot of time it's a lot of times it's just random shit, and then you're just like, well, into the fifty cent bin, I guess. Yeah. Um. So you know, just yeah. But for for the time being, if there's something you want, be sure to pre-order it because you don't know. You don't know. Uh if it's going to sell out, and if so, how long it's going to be before they're able to put out another volume of it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the other thing is Iron Fist is quitting. This is is one of those things. So, trying to find news to to talk about. Like, I am always hesitant to to uh talk about certain things uh movie rumors obviously yeah uh this character is dying yeah and this character is quitting being whatever you know peter parker is going to quit being spider-man okay yeah sure holding my breath on that one uh you know <laughs> whatever but Anyway, Danny Rand is going to quit being Iron Fist, which I don't dislike Iron Fist the way I used to. He's still not a favorite character, but I don't dislike him the way I did. Yeah. But also like, oh no, stop, please. (laughs) Wait, come back. Where'd you go? Yeah, like because I mean he's he's hardly ever a character I am thinking about on any daily basis. Yeah, you know, Spider Man, 
most of the Avengers roster, I, I, he just doesn't come up in conversation, unless that's the book we're reading this week. Yeah. Well, that and like you know, people point to uh, Immortal Iron Fist as like an amazing story, and it's just like it's fine. Like, yeah, uh, the way they made Iron Fist readable was by introducing a bunch of other characters so we didn't spend so much time focusing on Iron Fist. Like, good job, everybody. Yep. But whatever, you know, that's personal choice. That's personal preference. But ultimately, yeah, like, I just, you know, like... There are characters that, if they stopped being a thing, might leave a hole. Iron Fist is not one of them. No. I would uh, not. My thing with this was looking at the promotional stuff and the covers that they kind or te- teased, released. Um, yeah. Come on, guys. Be creative. That's kind of your thing, right? I'm just tired of seeing... Because this is the fourth time I've seen Spider-Man no more but some other character. And it's just like, do 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 anything else? I know you can. You're supposed to be able to. Just figure out a different way to sell me the same idea. That's, it's, that's, that's, because you're already doing the same thing, right? Like a character not being that character anymore. Give, bring right. me, at least freshen up the, uh. The key art. Come on. Uh, well, know. you know. I got nothing there. It's just like, it, I just saw it and was like, god damn it. It just annoyed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of, like, there are certain things that I know are going to be homage to shit. Uh, Giant Size X-Men number one. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man no more. Things of that nature. Crisis on Infinite Earths. The, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Superman holding Supergirl's body. All of that. Like, that's all stuff that I'm like, of course. Yeah. Like, you Sure. Know, but, uh, so, like, it's whatever. Them doing that, I'm just like, yeah, that tracks. Uh, I just, like... And they've already announced there's going to be a new Iron Fist, so it's just like, okay, so somebody else is going to be Iron Fist for like a minute, and then Danny will come back. Or he won't. You know, like, there's the odd exception, like Blue Beetle, Mm -hmm. uh, though they did bring back Ted Korg. Uh, Well, no, there's a new, no, they didn't. There's I thought a new they did Blue for... Beetle. What? I, th- I thought they did for a hot minute, but he wasn't Beetle. He was just around. <laughs> well, so there's a there's a new series of Blue and Gold with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, but that's not Ted as Blue Beetle. So I don't know. Whatever. Like, man. You know, it's, uh, like, at this point, it's, my feelings are either it will stick or it won't, and either way, meh. You know, like, yeah. Um, and then there, then there is the rare occasion where they do something like this, where somebody stops being whatever or dies. And then you get a character like Miles Morales or Jaime Reyes Mm -hmm. uh, or what have you. And it's just like, cool. All right, let's do it. Uh, But anyway, yeah. Okay. So comics. Comics. Uh, Machine Man number 14 has a cover by John Byrne and Steve Ditko. Uh, and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled and inked by Steve Ditko, colored by Roger Slifer, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Marv Wolfman and Jim Shooter. Uh, an accident victim is used by 
two aides of Senator Brickman to incriminate Machine Man. And uh, I really like the part that I like in the middle of this story is, hey, that went so well. Let's just do crime. Like, yeah. it, they start out with let's do crime to incriminate uh, Machine Man so that we'll get in good with our boss. And then mm. in the middle of it, after they do the first crime, they go, well, also all this money. Let's just keep doing the crime. Don't yeah. tell Brickman. Don't tell Brickman that we're doing this. We're now just doing yeah. crime. And I'm like, you low-rent idiots. You know... Yeah, like... The arc from there is predictable, but in a way that's kind of fun. In a, like, you absolute melons. This is not what you do. You're not for this. Directing a man via weird headset and then like once it all's like starting to unravel around them one of them's like i don't know man it's getting too hot the other one's like sorry it does he shoot him no he gets no he sicks the guy on he sicks their their accident victim on him and he runs to machine man who is being stalked by his sec by one of the secretaries at work yeah (laughs) because she he keeps refuting her advances and she's just like, well, we can't have that. And I'm like, yeah, this is really this is, weird. <laughs> this is totally a reverse Mad Men. Yeah. And like, you know, like, get the hint, lady. Yeah. But she's just like, no, I'm gonna have that dick. And like, get used to it. It's like, he's not even that mysterious, right? He's just sort of cold and good at his job. Right. And that's it. It's not like he's wandering around. As Aaron Stack, when he's at the insurance office, he's only ever cut out on his job to go be a superhero, like, twice, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man drops his shit every day. Like, yeah. or anybody else who's had... When Cap was trying to be a cop, it was like, he'd, he'd clock in and then immediately be like, well, I gotta go be Cap now. But he was never a cop. Um... Aaron has bounced maybe twice, probably only once that I'm remembering for sure. And and, always, and the boss always covers for him. Like, yeah. it's always like, come to my office, please. And then he goes and does machine man stuff. And then he comes back. He comes and back so and he finishes, like, he finishes his filings. And he's clearly better than them at assurance adjustments, which, you know, being a machine, an unfeeling monster... Uh, probably right. helps. Um, so he he just does his work and he goes home and like doesn't want to play with either of the sexually aggressive assholes in his yeah. office. And like, okay, but he's he's not like this isn't tuxedo mask, right? <laughs> like he's not he's not alluring in any way. He's the most. He's really bland. <laughs> yeah, he's just like. I'm going to go do my job now. And they're just like, ooh, that just gets me so hot. And it's like, what? Like, Why? Responsibility and like being good at something. Ooh, yeah. Look at it. And look at the sunglasses he wears all the time. Like, what? What? What is doing this for you? Like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, like, there's no. I what the fuck man <laughs> like <laughs> what are you into and the fact that and again like I don't know other than being like no thank you every time she runs up and tries to make out with him in the office and him right. just being like mm, no thank you and puts her on top of a filing cabinet <laughs> um other than that he hasn't done anything to like warrant i'm gonna find out your secret it's she's just stalking him (laughs) she yeah she runs up and like jumps at him vagina first (laughs) and he's like i'm i'm trying to do my job (laughs) i appreciate the attention but also no thank you and moves her aside yeah like I don't and know. I, I guess I don't know. Maybe she's being framed, framing it 
against the other guy in the office who is a fucking asshole. He's a creep. Like, yeah, total he is a creep. creep. And if she threw himself, like, if she threw herself at him like that, deal, done deal, right? Yeah. Because he's fucking gross. Um, and the fact that Aaron just won't even engage when she's being harassed by the everyone else in the office, presumably... Maybe that is hot because you're just not an asshole. So still a weird way to respond. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you how to process your trauma. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like the. I don't know. Whatever. So, I'm just saying his office life is weird. It is. It's really weird, and like. Don't know why we're doing this. Like, I... As we've covered with Machine Man, commit to learning about people or don't. Right. Yeah, that's... Okay. Right now, this is pointless. Because, like, you don't need a job. You can you can just go out and sit, sit on a park bench and just, like, power down for a while. And be fine. Like, the elements aren't going to bother you and shit like that. Um, so there's no there's no reason for a secret identity other than learning about people. And he just does not engage with people. So why the fuck are you doing this? But whatever. Um... Machine Man number 15 has a cover by Steve Ditko and is written by Tom DeFalco, colored by D.R. Martin, lettered by Rick Parker, and edited by Denny O'Neill. A nuclear researcher is accidentally transformed into Ion, a sentient cloud of gas, who longs for death. Uh, But Machine Man is able to freeze her and turn her over to the Fantastic Four to hopefully be cured or at least helped other than the cheery message in the middle where she's just like please just kill me right. um <clears throat> also shouldn't she have thought about this freezer ploy as well well like, i mean you... in her defense like she's 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 dealing with a lot right now. Currently like, a sentient cloud of ions. Yeah, I suppose so. So, like, when all of your concentration and focus is being spent holding yourself together, you know, I can see why you might not have the wherewithal to be like, oh man, I could freeze myself. Yeah. So, you know, that tracks. Uh... But yeah, like the Fantastic Four guest star in this episode or in this issue, but not not in any worthwhile way, I guess. So it's not like it's not like, hey, the Fantastic Four. It's like, oh, and the Fantastic Four are there, too, for some reason. Yeah, they uh, show up and uh, are in a few shots. Yep. Shopping initially. And then um, then they come and are on hand to retrieve her yeah and once again i feel like this is one of those jack this is like eternals in that i feel like generally it was sort of meant to be its own separate thing Mm -hmm. um because i feel like i feel like as far as defenses against brickman and everything like, all, all Machine Man has to do is be like, ah, but the Vision. And then people yeah. will just be like, oh yeah, that's a good point. The all Vision right. is a fucking Avenger. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, done and over, but whatever. Ugh. Whatever. Uh, Marvel Team Up, number 86, uh, has a cover by Bob McCloud and is written by Chris Claremont and Alan Brodsky, penciled by Bob McCloud, inked by Bob McCloud, colored by George Russo's, uh, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited 
by Al Milgram. A reporter draws Spider-Man, who is hanging out outside the Deterrence Research Corporation like a fucking creep, Mm -hmm. into a conspiracy to attack and commandeer Dry Dock. Spidey teams with the Guardians of the Galaxy to make sure they fail, and that news of their existence remains a secret. Now, I say that Spidey is hanging out outside of the DRC like a creep, because he is. He's lit. Like, it's not like he's just outside their building. Like, that's how it starts. He's just there. And he's just like, yep, this fucking place, Moses Magnum, grr. And then he, like, sees a guy through the window who's in this office. And he's just like, that guy's not supposed to be there. And it's just like, well, how the fuck do you know? Like, you don't, you don't know whose office that is. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a fine issue. Whatever. The Guardians are there and Spider-Man uh, destroys this dude's career in order to keep their secret safe. Uh, way to go, hero. But, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't have much thinking about this. It was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then we're... I, this is a team up. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, that's the problem with team up to me is sometimes I'm just like, okay, we're not going to do a lot of character work here just because it's team up. We're here to introduce our character to another character so that the readers know that the guardians exist and are kind of cool. Maybe you want to go buy their book. Um, but yeah. it's fine. Starhawk yeah. is the least annoying he's been in a while. Hooray! That's always good. Hey, that's there you something. Go. Yeah. Uh, this is an issue you can apparently dip your toe into Starhawk. Yep. And uh, decide whether it's at all worthwhile to you. Uh, to keep reading. So, whatever. You know, like it's really it's really hard because. By and large, this week is just okay. Yeah. And I think I think I'm harsher on it because we have in two episodes we're gonna be doing Dark Phoenix. Yeah. And so I just wanna get to that. And like anything that kind of feels like a waste of time. Uh like eight issues of is, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Well, and even, you know what, I'll get to that, whatever. Okay. Uh, but anything that feels like a waste of time is uh, that much worse. Because I'm just like, you know, I could be reading Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Like now. But instead, I'm reading about, you know, Spider-Man and the <coughs> Guardians of the Galaxy teaming up and nothing really happening. You know? Yep. So, whatever. Uh, Marvel Team-Up number 87 has a cover by Al Milgram and is written by Stephen Grant, penciled by Gene Colan, inked by Frank Springer, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by Clem Clem Robbins. Um, Spider-Man and Black Panther team up to solve the kidnapping of Thomas Agar, a businessman who's screwed Wakanda on a deal. In the end, it turns out Agar engineered his own kidnapping at the behest of Roxxon in order to undermine uh, Wakanda. I'm trying to think if they're like, <laughs> because I'm trying to think. Uh, Because at least with the issue of, uh, with Nightcrawler, um, Cutthroat, there's some stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hellraiser, there's not. Hellraiser's whole history is literally... He appears in this issue, 
and then the next time he shows up, he's at the bar with no name and gets shot to death by the scourge of the underworld. So like, you know, other, other than the rocks on trying to undermine Wakanda thing, that's really all there is to this issue. So, which is, I thought that was going to be like our through line throughout this sort of couple last week or last episode in this episode sort of like through line of let's introduce Roxon doing some Sadie shit and we get a couple of those but it's just like it doesn't it it's like okay pay attention this is going somewhere you, we've done it in a couple of different books too pay attention yeah. Roxon's been evil in a various ways and it's like cool yeah are you going anywhere though and which of these characters would you like to go there with? Like, yeah. what is what is the deal? Other than, and I mean, that's kind of what, until recently, um, Roxxon has just kind of been in the background evil. And then recently was taken over by an actual half-demon. Right. And then they were really evil. Like, so, okay. <laughs> that was more fun, at least. Um, right. Whereas, or was it, is he a half demon or a full demon? And I don't even remember his name now. I admit, for a second there, I was kind of distracted. Uh, trying to see something. What? Who are you talking about? The demon guy that takes over Roxxon before around the time of uh unworthy unworthy thor oh fuck yeah i don't uh, remember it probably starts with a d um probably. i don't remember either it doesn't matter um but he uh and that's a much more fun rocks on to me because you you actually have dark forces involved and not just evil greed oil, yeah evil oil company is evil like okay yeah duh. we <laughs> i don't even think that was revolutionary in the 70s no um, no and so yeah we did some bad things and made maybe that's why the the post credits or not post credits the pro po eh, epilogue the epilogue at the end where we are meeting some guy getting out of a shower in his office who's like, yep, we did a good bit of business, no matter if that guy got arrested or not. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Shady back backroom deals. Let's go or don't. Let's take this somewhere, please. Yeah. Help. <laughs> Help. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then for a complete shift... Uh, we have Marvel Team Up number 88, which has a cover by Rich Buckler and is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Ed Barreto, colored by Bob Sharon, and lettered by John Costanza, in which Spider-Man assists Invisible Woman when kidnappers abduct Franklin and force her to rob a Magia bank. That's... Really it. I don't mind seeing Sue go full mama bear. And just tearing some shit up. Um, she even comments during the fights near the end that she's like, I am not usually the one that's up here in the front lines. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, but you could clearly hold your own. Like, you're more I dangerous don't... than Reed, for sure. Why? Oh, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't like that these moments only occur right now because she goes full mama bear. Right. Yeah. You know, it would like Sue Richards can kick some ass mm -hmm. and it's really, I, it feels very reductive right now. Not only because her name is still the Invisible Girl, uh -huh. but also because it is always like 
she doesn't she doesn't really kick ass until her kids are threatened and then it's just like ew yeah um but the one thing i do like about this issue is you know spider-man's relationship with the fantastic four has generally been through johnny but i do like that at the end of this like invisible woman's like call me sue like she he starts i like his relationship with the fantastic four overall and eventually we'll get more of this once johnny's presumed dead um but the uh you know the the fact that yes while he and johnny are friends nominally (laughs) the the he does have a relationship with the rest of them and it is uh quite a nice relationship Mm -hmm. um so yeah Um, anyway i will say i like their plan for the most part yeah of because he follows she goes to rob the bank he follows her and then he doesn't try to stop her but he gets in the car and she gets in the car and is like what the hell are you doing here go away and he's like no i know what's going on let me help you and she's like you cannot be seen and he's like aha and so (laughs) uh but also she's like he goes she's like i just gotta get this done so that i can get my kid back and he's like really you uh, Mrs. Richards, I don't know how to tell you this. That's not how this is going to go down. And she's yeah. like, what do you mean? He goes, uh, they currently have one, if not the entire Fantastic Four on their beck and call. If you give them this money, they're just going to make you do something else. And she's like, God right. damn it. All right, fine. What's the play? What's the play? And she, he, he's like, I have no idea. Um, also, we're being shot out. We should leave. Um, and I like the car chase too, um, (laughs) because she yells at him, downshift, what's wrong with you? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. Um, which I just imagined him, A, how did he get it, or they were already going. So somehow they switch spots in a, in a manual without the car dying. Okay. It's comics. Fine. Um, but then he's just in third, he's in fourth the whole time for the rest of the trip. And she's like, what are you doing? Go. And he's, oh, I'm trying. Um, and then after they cause a car wreck and property damage and maybe some lives, um, he, uh, she's like, are you, are you okay? You seem to be driving weird. And he's like, I don't know how to do this, which I think is just hysterical. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a, it's a decent enough issue, um, as these things go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, Captain America number 240 has a cover by Bob Budiansky, Bob Wachak, and Gaspar Saladino and is written by Paul and Alan Kupperberg, penciled by Alan Kupperberg, inked by Don Perlin, colored by George Russos, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Roger Stern and Jim Salakrup. Um, Cap fights the Coney Island cruisers, who are trying to run everyone out of the building uh, where an old man named Jacob Kirsch lives. Uh... He fights the leader of the Coney Island cruisers and is forced to put on a show for whoever, um, but winds up beating them. Uh, the thing about this issue that I really like is, so Jacob Kirsch is obviously an old Jewish man. Um, and in the course of fighting the Coney Island cruisers uh, cap says, first of all, you're not dealing with a lame 
uh, nor with a defenseless old man. And secondly, I've fought your kind before, only back then they spoke German and wore brown shirts. Now, I recognize that the old man that they are menacing is Jewish, but they're not menacing him because they're because he's Jewish. They're menacing him because they're trying to get the building. Mm-hmm. And so what I I feel like at a, in the middle of that, like once he was like they spoke German and wore brown shirts, the Coney Island cruisers should have been like, whoa. Yeah. hold whoa. the fuck on man whoa. like whoa. hang on hang like, on <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying we're the good guys here <laughs> we are like, definitely trying to terrorize an old man so that he will purely <laughs> but greed this is, this is trans this is financial this is transaction i have no problem with him personally damn i just no i no damn. What? Ew! I just... Ew! And Cap's like, no, I... I'm okay, just saying, yeah, it's, it's like, kind of... It's a little you, similar and it's because like, he's no, Jewish. Man. Yeah, but no! no. <laughs> oh, no! Man, this sounds like a you thing, not us! <laughs> and Jacob Kirsch is just over to the side like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of gross. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Like the issues, are <laughs> just I love, I love that you know. Once again, where <laughs> Kirsch is when, very clear about why they want him out. The Thunderer is very clear about why they want him out. Everybody's very clear, and it's just like, no, I want the Magia to give me a bunch of money so that I can hide their shit in the building. That's it. And yeah, I just I don't know. <laughs> I like yours, though. Hey, I'm not saying we're the good guys here, but damn, back it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like, it's the thing of, like, whenever, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Like, when you're Cap and you deal with Nazis on the regular, like, I get seeing Nazis everywhere, but I just, <laughs> yeah, I just I wish somebody... Like- I wish I do wish somebody would have been like, "Whoa, hold on, yeah, they're gangsters." Yes, I'm a tough hoodlum. Yes, I am. Tr- I am doing a reprehensible thing. Agreed. But Nazi? Come on, man. No, yeah. I'm just. Yeah. This is just for the money. Yeah. <laughs> uh Anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, other, other than, of course, you know, in this day and age, they'd probably just be like, you're going to call me a Nazi. I guess I'll become a Nazi now. Um, anyway, (laughs) I like that the seventies, the late seventies, more nuanced than today. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so Marvel team up number 89 has a cover by Rich Buckler and is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Michael Nasser and Rich Buckler, inked by Joe Rubenstein, colored by Carl Gafford, and uh, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Al Milgram. After picking up Amanda Sefton at the airport, Nightcrawler notices a plane uh, belonging to Arcade, which, which leads to him teaming up with Spider-Man to defeat Cutthroat, who's been hired by the owner of Kurt's Old Circus, to kill Spider-Man. Uh, this isn't a bad issue. And I mean, you know, part of it is I like Nightcrawler. Uh, and I like how... I like how Chris Claremont writes Nightcrawler as super horny. Um, yeah. That's that's one of my favorite... Like, Kurt is a devout Catholic and everything. But, like, he's also just like... So... Would you like to fuck? And, uh, you know, so his entire, like, all the time, he's just like, yeah, you, you like, you like the fur, don't you? Yeah, you do. (laughs) Like, you know, and stuffs Amanda in this trunk of this, uh, guy. Gangster? Dude who wants Spider-Man dead. It's Jardine, who is the owner of Kurt's Old Circus. Okay. And, like, 
So he stuffs Amanda, instead of leaving her at the airport, because Arcade is there, she'd be in more danger, I guess. Um, which is just like, alright, Well, maybe. Arcade knows her, because yeah. she was... She was Kurt's date when he was captured by Arcade. But so still, Arcade would Royce, recognize her. The Rolls Royce was there. Just put her in that car so they drive home. Yeah. Or away from here. Preferably Westchester. Just right. go away. Um, right. I'll go do the stupid thing by myself. Um, thank God he didn't. Or or, I guess it wouldn't have worked out. Anyway, but in, he stuffs her in the trunk of this car while they're in the car or while they're driving he's like hey finally got you where i want you and she's like keep your hands and your tail where i can see them buster <laughs> and he's like oh yeah. man <laughs> yeah i mean um, he's super horny but he's also really respectful well <laughs> like, yeah no he, i mean like he he's not he, like rapey about it or anything no, like that he's playing uh, and i think he only he's only doing that because he knows like they have a relationship right 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 yeah i mean like you know it yeah it it's a very nightcrawler is a horn dog yeah but he's not like a gross horn dog like right you know it's within the confines of their relationship that he's just like yeah mm. and she's just like okay buddy like <laughs> tone it down tone it down a little uh <laughs> we currently are in the trunk of a gangster's car <laughs> right uh just you know perspective and he's like okay yeah like but it, but it is worth he's not out he's not out here like being gross with every woman he comes across certainly um anyway but uh cutthroat here like cutthroat was a character that i was just like okay who the fuck is this guy it turns out he Diamondback from Captain America is his sister. And back when they were kids, Cutthroat and his brothers were in a gang led by uh, Brock Rumlow, who would eventually become Crossbones. So, like, there's there's a rich backstory to this character that you know you do obviously you don't get it here yeah uh this is this being just like he was hired by this dude and the 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 decision to hire him is weird but i'll get to that in a second uh but you know he's just some dude who's been hired this is his first appearance so we don't and Diamondback hasn't shown up. Crossbones hasn't show up, shown up. So none of that is in play. He's just some guy. But, um, but, uh, the ultimate reason that Jardine hired him and hired Arcade to kill Spider-Man is to drive business for his circus. Um, and like ew <laughs> like i mean like the dude's not a gangster as such he's just like gross yeah uh because he's appeared previously the reason he wants spider-man dead in the first place is because the last time this guy appeared he was um he was holding man thing and was like selling tickets to come and see the uh gross weed monster yeah. and you know so now he's like i want revenge on spider-man and i want like it to be an attraction like holy shit that's the circus where spider-man died which i don't know like i don't really see how that's going to drive future business yeah uh you can only kill Spider-Man the once. Well, right. Right. <laughs> this is comics. Like, you can kill Spider-Man a ton of times. Well, but, like, the, th the thing about it is, like, they're performing at, I think, Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. um, You're already doing pretty well for yourself, my, my dude. Well, yeah. But also, like, 
if people want to go see the place where Spider-Man died, they're going to go to Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. That's where the plaque is going to be. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not going they're not going to flock to your circus on the off chance Spider-Man gets shot the next time or anything. It's just like, oh, that's cool. Anyway, no, I don't really want to go to the circus. Why would I? I didn't want to go before, <laughs> like, you know, so whatever. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, whatever. We're I, done with the, Marvel team up now. <laughs> the one last thing is, oh no, I thought we had one more. Um, uh, no, that's okay. the last one. Cool. Uh, the very last panel is, or the last two panels are basically, Spider-Man and Nightcrawler kind of being like, well, we got, did the thing. And Spider-Man's like, cool, so uh, you got it. He's like, nope, time for some TLC. Bye. And even Amanda's like, nice meeting you, Spider-Man. Goodbye. And they (laughs) just leave. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, sure. So long. I've I've got plans, too. I had uh, had a date I was going to side of fight a super villain instead of going on all right yep uh i'll just uh i'll just call the cops do guys okay yeah uh the one thing i will say is in the end the jardine is brought down uh because he takes a dart to the neck fired by either arcade or someone working for him uh, because he had gone back on their deal to kill Spider-Man first. Then he was like shooting his mouth off to Arcade. And Miss Locke was just like, you don't want to do that or you'll find yourself in Murder World. Uh-huh. And uh, so at the end of this, like they're trying to deal with Jardine and he just gets shot in the neck with a dart. And it's just like, oh, Arcade took him out. Okay. Yeah. Like... 